and welcome to the fourth episode of Our Two Pairs. Welcome, welcome, guys. In this episode, we're going to be giving our two pence on money. Money. So, what's been our experience with money? When I was growing up, I didn't have pocket money. Yeah. So I would only ever get money if I needed it for something. Like if I was going on a school trip and they were like, oh, there's a gift store. Everybody come with £10. Everybody come with £20. That was my experience of money. So I never just had it, never had the experience of like saving it, managing it. It was always just given to me to spend. Yeah. And that has really carried on throughout my life. Because I remember I was in uni one time and my mum was like, Leah, you know that you don't have to let your bank account go to zero. You can just leave money in the bank. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I don't have the experience of having pocket money. But my first experience of being given money and being allowed to look after it was when I started secondary school. So my mum would give me a pound a day to buy something if I wanted to that increased every year so by the time I finished secondary school I'd get 10 pounds a week okay which isn't too bad but then I didn't really know what to do with it because I wasn't the type to like eat at school Mm. so I would never have like school lunches it was very very rare for me to eat so I would just always have money and it kind of led to a weird wave of like people always asking me for money and I'll just be like, yeah, I have money. You can have my money. What? Yeah, looking back, that wasn't smart. <laughs> Keep your money, your money. I remember distinctly being jealous of people that had pocket money and then realising later on that, you know how the government had the child benefit? I think it was more generous in the past. Realising that it's not that their parents were just flush, it's that the parents would give them some of that child benefit money. Okay. So it wasn't just that they were like super like generous or anything. Uh, Maybe right. they, they were. Yeah. I, I think it might have been because my mum just wasn't there enough to like supervise me in terms of buying food or whatever. And I was always by myself. So she would just give me the money to make sure if I needed to buy anything extra, I had the funds to do so. I'm such a big spender now though. (laughs) Honestly, I am. As in, I'm a big spender, but I'm also cheap. Yeah. I went to a restaurant and it was so expensive. I'm just being like, this was not worth it. Like none of this food changed my life. Why did I do this? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm impulsive, but then I'm just like, ugh. I, there, there's certain things where I'm like, I'm not going to buy it if it's not, if it's more than two pounds, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. But then there's other things where I'm like, yeah, I'll spend a hundred pound on a coat. Yeah, literally. It's, I think I'm like that with food though. <laughs> I think mm. I'm, I'm okay to spend a stupid amount of money on food, but on everything else, I'm like, oh, I'll wait for the sales. Let's the sales period. Because sales always come. You can always get a coat. That used to be £100 for £50. The thing about the sales, though, is that you can still be shopping the sales and not be in the financial position to shop the sales. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because that's what happened to me. I I don't regret it as much because a bunch of the items that I got had been in my saved items on ASOS for, like, over four months. Right. So I'm like, I don't regret it. So I think that's the better way of shopping is, like, having it there, constantly looking at it, and then deciding to get it when you have the funds. But that doesn't always work. You see something you like, it's not a bad price, and you pay for it, you get it. But no, my experience with money hasn't been something that I was sat down or spoken to about or said, oh, you know, Viv, you have £10, maybe save £2 for this week. And so that way next week you'll have £12. That that wasn't a thing that was spoken about in my family. I don't think it's spoken about in a lot of families. And you realise it's a, it's a real privilege to have parents to speak to about it. As in, my dad works in finance and has never... <laughs> never had a conversation with me about money and then he's just surprised I've spent on certain things he's like why would you do that and I'm like well I don't know any better do I yeah 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I only realized this when I was in uni and there was a girl I was living with and she said that she basically worked over the summers and had savings and her dad helped her set up, helped her buy ISA and wow. stuff like this. And I was like, oh, so you have, and your dad have like actually sat down and talked about finances and your future and being able to buy property. And she's like, yeah. And, and you're just there like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Interesting. That's cool. Because a lot of people have, like they say that, what is it? With people who have money, they give children the knowledge of how to handle money, how to work with money. Whereas people who don't pass on the ignorance onto their children as well. Yeah. It's, it's weird because my mum, like she's been able to finance so many different things for myself and my brothers and it she must be smart with money but she just hasn't passed that knowledge on to us or maybe I've been resistant in learning because my mum always says to me oh Viv make sure you always have like five pounds in cash in your purse just in case something goes wrong do I listen I don't do that like I, well, I only ever take out cash when I need to go somewhere yeah. where I'm spending cash She's like, it's so bad because you spend on your card all the time. You can't monitor your money. You can't track your finances. But you know what? My you young can. The thing is, you can. You have Monzo now. You have all these different apps that you can use to follow your money. But it's interesting I say that because my younger brother is really good with money. Like, impeccably good with money. I sort of look at him and think, where, where did I go wrong in terms of like savings and stuff? So I don't know if I was just resistant or if my parents just didn't tell me anything enough. I think it's circumstantial because yeah. when I had just finished uni and I was working part-time, I saved so much money that I was able to go to Cardiff, like pay to move to a new city. I think I stayed in a hostel for like three, maybe four weeks. Yeah. Paid to like have a deposit, had public transport. Like I managed to do all, save up enough to be able to just do all of those things comfortably. When I was living in the hostel, I was just buying food every day because I didn't really want to use the kitchen because it was dirty. Mm. So... I was able to do that while working at Frozen Yogurt Shop. But then when I was in my big, big job with big, big money, well, not big, big, but... <laughs> Leah! <laughs> I was not even able to save a fraction of that. And I think it's because your tastes change as soon as you get more money. A hundred percent. Because when you have 20 pounds as a 16-year-old, you think you can buy the world. They literally say this, though. More money, more problems. As you get older or you have more responsibilities or you have other things that you would like to spend your money on, it's a lot easier to acquire a lot of responsibilities i mean you and i always talk about staying at the same level that we were at in cardiff even when we earn more money but it's more difficult to do that when you see a nice bag that you want to buy or you want to go on holiday or you want to do more aerial classes like you do and it's just and now you have the funds to afford it you're like why am i not affording it if i can i suppose it's all about priorities and how you choose to spend your money um because now it seems that my priority is food (laughs) interesting exercise classes <laughs> clothes <laughs> yeah and i guess uncertainty makes you better at handling your money definitely um so now i think i'm so good with not really so good but i'm better with money than i would be if i had certain amount of income coming in every single month because i don't know when i'm going to work i don't know when this job is going to end i don't know where i'm going to sign my contract for my new job so yeah definitely priority shift that I understand because now that I have a job and I have like a steady salary and I know how much I'm going to get paid each and every month it means that sometimes I will spend beyond my means because I'm like oh I know that I'm going to get paid next month mm-hmm. I'll cover it then oh I'll just cover it then and I'll literally mentally spread out debt so like the way that my credit card works now I can start flashing my credit card around knowing that I'm going to pay for it with February's pay or whatever yeah trying to get out of the habit of that 
it definitely is worse when you have a job that you know that you're going to get paid on time every day. Yeah. And having a credit card is so important to build your credit score. But <laughs> the life I'm living with this money that is not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I started out so good. I started out so Same. good. Literally just using it, like spending £200. But basically, they just kept increasing my limit. Right. I'm guessing because I was doing so well. Like the good thing is I paid my credit card back in full every single month. I've not paid interest on my credit card. Yeah. But they just keep bringing... Like, it started off at £250. And they were like, oh, we're going to give you £1,500. £2,500. Now they're giving me £3,500 limit. Wow, that's not good. That can get you into so much trouble. Bruh. I'm booking holidays that I don't have money for. I booked holidays. <laughs> I'm going to Edinburgh in the summer for Imagine. like six days. Six whole days in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I booked the flights. I have the hotel. Luckily with the hotel, I don't need to pay it until August. Okay. So I can actually say you can say that with cash. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm living, not lavish, but like... You're living on edge. You're like, oh, money's coming in next month. I can pay this off. I can pay this off. But it has been good for that, actually, because there are certain things that you do want to buy, but you don't want to spend your own money. So it's nice to have a credit card to pay for it. And especially with travel-related things, and I think with concerts... If you pay with credit cards, there's certain protections that come with that. Mm. So that if the flight gets cancelled or whatever, or if there's any sort of disruptions, you can get your money back. Whereas if you were to use a debit card, those protections aren't necessarily the same. Yeah. So that's why I've been using my credit card, to be fair. And then also, if there's a website that you're using that you think is kind of dodgy, use your credit card. Because that way, if the money gets stolen, you can report it. If any money on the credit card gets reported stolen, it's not your money. Yeah. So you can report it and the chances are you're going to get that removed from your tab. Whereas if it's your own actual debit card that you're using... Money's gone like it's that. It's gone. Yeah, you, you you just have to be super, super careful. But with that, how has it helped in terms of debt handling? Because I'm lucky. I'm one of the very few lucky people who has no debts. I don't have any student loan debts. I don't have any credit card debts. But now that I got a credit card... I think what my mum has been scared of all her life, which is trying to keep us out of debt, I might end up getting myself into debt with my credit card. This is the thing. When I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in debt. The reality is I'm in £1,350 worth of debt. Okay. That's not a lot of money. There's people who are in tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt or in thousands of pounds worth of debt. So I'm like, realistically, if I just got my shit together, I could pay that off. And okay, I'm going to warn you guys with your student overdrafts. I was with Santander and I think that my overdraft at one point was at £2,500 and I managed to pay it all the way down to £350. Then I opened a Monzo account and then I moved and then I was like, oh, let me pay for driving lessons. And I wanted to pay for driving lessons right then and there. Do you know what? I actually don't regret it because now I have a license. You have a license, And that way, yeah. if and when I do eventually get a car, I will show that I have had a clean driving license for X number of years or an X amount of time, which will be greater then. So it will save me a tiny bit of cost in the future. But I wanted to pay for driving lessons, so I used my Monzo overdraft, and that has a fee. My Santander one didn't have a fee. It was 0% interest. But I honestly do not know what I spent that money on. Mm. When I look back on it, I'm like, okay, so in the end, I ended up spending £2,500 on what? Right. I have no clue. So be careful with your student overdraft because you are going to have to pay it back eventually. Yeah. That's the reality of the student overdraft because you get it and you're like, oh, I don't have to pay interest, but you still have to pay back the money. So that's something that you have to think about. Honestly, I I don't, I I didn't, I wasn't allowed a credit card until like a month ago. And (laughs) I think my mum was smart because I would have been in so much debt if I had one. 
the only reason I got a credit card is because I wanted to get my teeth whitened. Like I went to the dentist and they have those payment plans. Right. And I picked the one where I, where I pay like £12 a month. The, I think getting my teeth whitened would have been like £500. And I was so excited. I was ready to do that. And I got turned down for the credit application because I do not have a credit history. Right. So I was like, oh, it never occurred to me because my phone bill is in my mum's name. So I pay my mum because she has like a special deal because she has multiple phones with the phone company. So she gets like a slightly reduced rate. So we've just always done it through her. I don't have that much of a history of having to pay bills on time. So I just got a credit card. And initially I was so good. I basically just used it to buy food. Mm. And what I am working towards getting back to now is... Fair enough, I'm, I'm glad that I used it to buy my holiday tickets because they're so much cheaper now than they would be if I saved up and bought them closer to the time. Yeah, and because you know you want to go, it makes sense to have done it now because you would have had to book those tickets anyway. True. But also, what I want to do is get to the point where... So in my budget, say for instance, if I budgeted £80 a month for food, I want to spend that £80 on my credit card. Okay. So it's not extra money that I'd have to pay back. It's money that I already deep, money that I already budgeted to spend. Yeah. But it's just being spent on my credit card so that I am using it and I'm paying it back. So I, I have a longer record of taking out credit and paying it back each month. Yeah. Rather than spending money that you don't have. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I started. I would never buy anything unless I knew I had the money in my savings or in my bank account to pay to pay it back when the credit was due. But now I'm just like, oh, those jeans from Zara, just 10 pounds. I'll put it on my credit card. I'll pay it off next month. Because I'm thinking, oh, 10 pounds is not that much money that I can always return when I get paid again. But I'm not going to remove it from my expenses next month. It's just going to be added on. So then I haven't really budgeted for it. So that's why it becomes money that I don't have that I'm spending. But yeah, I need to get back to only spending money that I absolutely have. I've just also lost a lot of money this year just by booking stuff that I can't go to. So I booked a holiday. Yeah, so I booked a holiday to Germany. I paid like 500 quid, but I couldn't go due to like like unforeseen circumstances, as they say. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I've just lost money through there. But if I hadn't lost all of that kind of money, all of those different places, I would be fine. So yeah, like plan for stuff ahead that maybe you didn't even think could come up honestly after i pay off my debt my next goal is to build an emergency fund absolutely it's more critical for me because in the industry that i work in you go from contract to contract and if you don't get a contract right away i need to be able to have money to cover my bills cover my expenses so my goal is to have three to six months pay yeah just sitting in a bank account pay to live comfortably if and when i need it yeah and then after that start saving for a house because there's no point of getting a mortgage when if you don't get a contract, you're you're doing what? Your house is being foreclosed. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Do you know what? It's good to have reasons to save because I think it's a lot more difficult to say, oh, I'm going to put aside 50 quid a month. If that 50 quid doesn't have a destination, it's very easy to go back into your account and be like, oh, I want to do this. So I have 50 quid somewhere, so I'm going to spend it. So it's really good that you've put a name to all your savings. Okay, this is towards my house and this is towards um, an emergency fund or holiday. For me this year, going on holidays is a lot more important than a lot of things. So I've set up a savings account for my holidays. So even though I say I lost money, it was fine because it was money that I'd already planned to spend on holidays. 
and then I have like a rainy day fund and then I felt bad having to dip into my rainy day fund this month but then I was like no Viv it's a rainy day fund for a reason you you're supposed to dip into it when you don't have money so yes having multiple savings for different purposes is so important and the great thing about the online banks like starling and monzo that i really appreciated was that you can make lots and lots of mini savings pots yes years ago when i joined santander they looked at me like i was crazy when i said oh can you give me like six different savings accounts as well as my like account and they were like why and i was like oh so i want to have one and be like okay technology fund if i want to need to buy like a laptop again Mm -hmm. i need to have one for holiday i wanted to be able to designate different funds and they looked at me like i was crazy but obviously i'm not because all of these newer age banking apps are coming up with pots that you can create that like track your goals so that i had one which is like for poll lessons so that i know that i put money into that pot even as simple as being like this pot is just for my food money yeah so i'll spend money and then as soon as i do that i transfer the money from food i have one for my oyster card i have a pot for my credit card that way as soon as i spend money i transfer it into the credit card pot mm. so that as soon as the bill comes i just transfer it into my it's account into your account pay yeah. it all off at once as soon that way i know that the money that's left in my account is just money to spend because in the different pots i have food i have travel i have household cleaning products i need to buy i have toiletries i have all of these different things and you can make endless amounts and it just means that you can have a greater idea of where your money is going. Uh, exactly. And also they have this neat little thing where you can lock the pot as well. Yes. It's so good. So with my holiday fund, I was like, okay, I don't want to be able to open it until December. And, you know, I had a goal in mind. I didn't reach that goal for various reasons, but it was such a great tool in stopping me because there's like a little warning when you when you go in there to take out money. It's like, oh, once you take out this money, all of it goes they obviously empty out the pot and I was just like no because it's nice to see you grow and see your money grow and see how far you can go so yes that that was a very very good idea by them and I love it I love the pots I have like five different banks and most of them I just use to transfer my money around and I find it so much fun and then also with a lot of I'm not sure if a lot of the banks do it but I think with Starling and with Monzo you can pick different pictures so with my yeah. pole, like one of them for my teeth whitening fund is like a, a I put a picture of like bright white teeth <laughs> in my pole fund I have a picture of me doing pole classes why not because that way I can like see it and be like yes you want to go to class put the money in the pot yeah 100% and it's so much more motivating than you know like and some people use um those like you know those things you drop money in what are they called Piggy banks. Some people use piggy banks and that works for them because it's like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. But yeah, the visual aspect of the Monzos, the Starlings really work for me as well. So yeah, pick your poison. (laughs) Whichever works for you, go for it. And then these are pretty much saving for like immediate things. There's also saving for like bigger things like houses. There's so much stuff that I didn't really... I feel like I'm not that equipped on that I don't really know that well about like the help to buy ISA I didn't get one before the deadline ended but I have a lifetime ISA like there's different savings pots that you can get where the government helps you save money towards certain projects Mm -hmm. so with the lifetime ISA when you put money in the government will put 25% in on top up to a certain amount so that you can put that money towards buying a house or towards retiring Mm. because the time to start saving for retirement is now they said the younger the better because is it Einstein that said that like the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest? Yeah. I don't think it was Einstein, but I think people just say it is him. But they say that compound interest will either help you or hinder you. Yeah. Honestly, 
the best thing I ever did this year was learning a lot more about finances. Like Leah and I were already alluded to the fact that we weren't really that savvy with money. We didn't really have that much information and learning about compound interest has invigorated (laughs) my drive to want to save money because if you start now and you're looking to retire early that's 20 years let's say I want to retire 45 I'm not I'm not even 25 years yet but if I start saving now that's 20 years of compound interest I'm looking at and that's not even investments that's just saving so there's a lot of growth to be had if you start now even with the pension part at work I didn't pay any attention to it they automatically enrolled me when I turned 22 yeah they do that and then I was like oh shit okay the thing about me is that I need to not think about money yeah so I need to automatically set things up so that they happen and I don't have to worry about it like with my pension pot I still cannot believe that I've saved almost five thousand pounds just by not thinking about it it's great by ticking a few boxes and being like yep put eight percent of my salary my company will put in ten percent on top cool not seeing it, not touching it, and just being like, I randomly picked a plan, like, because they have, like, different ways that they invest your pension fund. Mm. I randomly picked one. It was, like, a long-term growth one. I was like, yeah, I have time. I was, I think, yeah, 22 at the time. It says to retire at 65. Great. Do what you need to do. Relax. I chilled out. And it's grown. It's massive. I, I need to start figuring out a way that I can do that with my actual paycheck. I dream about having my own company and in the company that I will eventually create, I want to create a system where the people can come into HR and they can say, okay, on top of all of this pension stuff that happens automatically that's taken from your paycheck, I want you to take away 10% of my money and put it into a savings account for me automatically so that I never have to see it. Before the money even gets into my account. Before the money even gets to my account, HR has put it into a designated account for you, similar to like a pension pod, but it's just for savings. So that way, in order for you to access that money, you have to go to HR and be like, oh, so um, there's these shoes in the sale. (laughs) (laughs) And Irene, I really want to... And then Irene is like, no, sis. (laughs) Yeah. But I just feel like that I wish if I was to be an employer, first of all, I'd advertise take home pay only. I wouldn't make people why, have to work Why did out. they do that? Why did they make us think that we're going to be taking home 30k when in fact it's like 25,000? Like, let's stop that in 2019. <laughs> 2020? <laughs> I'm still living in the the past decade, but yeah. Honestly, I wish people, I would only advertise take home pay. Yes. And then I'd also allow people to save so that the money never even reaches their account. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best way to save, to be honest. It is. Out of sight, out of mind. The moment that you have to do something, there's a moment for error. A hundred percent. My friend, she works for like an insurance company and she does the investment side of things. And she was saying that a lot of the people, like we won't get our pensions, the state one. Huh? The real, the, the, wow. English. Hold on. The The reality. is that there is a strong chance we won't be getting our state pensions just because people are living so much longer now and whatever we put into our state pension now is probably what's going to go to those people who are retiring. And basically what her company are trying to do is encourage more people to invest their pensions rather than cashing it all out because obviously you don't get that much from it so so imagine you've been saving up your pensions and then by the time you're ready to retire your pension is like sixty five thousand pounds 
that's not enough to like keep you going for a significant amount of years if you've completely stopped work. So what they're trying to do is like say, okay, let's invest like 30,000 of your 65,000 pounds and watch that money grow. And I'm like, why wasn't this an option years ago? Like, why isn't this an option for people? I think it is, but I think it depends on whether people read their pension packages. Mm. Because when I got my pension booklet, there were so many different kinds of funds that you could put your money in. And they have different percentages. Like if anybody has a money box, um, it's like an app where you can like invest your pennies and like odd, odd amounts of cash. And it basically lets you pick your strategy. So there's a strategy where it's like really, really conservative and the majority of your money is in cash and they'll invest, say, 15%. And then you have like a more balanced amount where a third of the money will be in cash, a third of the money will be invested in the stocks and a third of the money will be invested into property. And then there's the adventurous selection where the majority of the money will be invested in stocks and property and then only a small amount of the money will be kept in cash. That's just the example of Moneybox, which has yeah. those three options. With pension schemes, there are infinite options, infinite funds, infinite ways to divide up your cash. Yeah. So it just depends on you. And that's why I picked, the one that I picked was the slow growth. So I'm guessing only a small amount of it is going to be kept in cash and a big amount of it is going to be invested. And then as you get to the age where you're getting closer to retiring, they become much more conservative and they can convert more of it into cash and invest less and less yeah. so that the risk is more minimal. Yeah, but I think that's only become an option now because back then, investing it was kind of like a big boys club, like only thing that only men that, do. Only that rich people Rich could people do. would do. It wasn't really an option for everyone. The fact that, you know, you and I have Moneybox downloaded on our phone and I can invest on the go without even having to think about it is incredible. So I think this is more related to those people who are already at their pension age. Right. Not, not us right now. But yeah, the likelihood of us getting our state pension is very, very slim. So it's quite important to diversify your portfolio have your state pension and also have a personal pension have, yeah take advantage of whatever work place benefits that you have if mm -hmm. they have a matching scheme max out their matching scheme yeah honestly there's so many places i feel so grateful to have learned all of this stuff from because it wasn't from our parents oh no 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 so I listen to the Witch podcast. They do a lot of stuff about that. The Money Box podcast is really good oh, okay, as well. Cool. Financial Times have a podcast. Oh, um, you listen to grown people stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I have to because my brain, I'm like, yo, my future. Nobody's telling me this stuff. I have to learn it myself. If you're looking for a much more conversational, <laughs> cutesy, 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 cutesy stuff. Um, way to get information. Gabby Dunn's Bad With Money podcast is really good. I listen to that as well. Yeah. But then that one also, it starts off being really, really practical advice, but then it goes in, into the systematic things that are actually causing you to be in the position that you're being in. Okay, so it because gets a bit serious. It gets serious when it's like, actually, the reason that you're struggling is because back then, people used to go to university for free and then now you're paying X minus Z amount of debt. Yeah. yeah well, that's, yeah. that's at least my example in the UK. Like I was sitting with people from work. Well, they were like older writers and they were telling me how they went to university for free. One of them was a teacher. And because she was a teacher, she was able to buy a subsidized flat near London Bridge. Wow. So she owns property in London Bridge. And another guy was saying that when he was 22, he bought a flat for 40,000 pounds. Shut up. And I said, oh, that's less than my student debt. Imagine that. That's yeah. how you see how the systematic changes have happened in literally what, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe they're in their 40s, 50s. Mm. 
so just within those like 20 30 years so many so things have changed, changed that yeah. and inflation we, as well mm, yeah that when we leave uni we're already on the back foot yeah bad with money is a good podcast and then if you want to go on youtube the financial diet yeah that's a good one as well oh there was another one this this one is a bit more like US type because a lot of mm, these lot are of like the US. US. So the stuff that I'm saying are things that are more in the UK. But there is another podcast. It's about being financially free. I can't remember the name for the life of me right now. But it's very, very good in terms of like thinking far ahead. If you want to retire earlier than 65. What is the retirement age? Is it 65? I think it's now 65. It's gonna be okay. something. Oh, I think it'll probably go up to like 75 by the time that we... Then we, yeah just because people are living so much longer so yeah if you if you would like to retire before 65 they have such great tools maybe not for us because we're so young and you don't want to you know overwhelm your brain with all of this information but for me it was just such a good insight to see that I'm doing the right thing by starting now because a lot of them say if you start in your 20s then the growth that you're going to experience by the time you're 40 is immense so yeah one of my fears is that capitalism will fall before i get to take out my money no don't say that don't say that no as long as america is still alive capitalism will still thrive okay if they now say socialism has not come oh we have to share money with everybody um no (laughs) (laughs) no send me back to nigeria they don't know what socialism is (laughs) yeah (sighs) but money what tools would you say have helped you in terms of like getting better with money or trying to look be- like treat money better than you did in the past? As much as people say that cash is king and cash is better because you f- they say that you feel the impact of spending cash more than you do with the card. I actually prefer to spend on my card. Yeah. Because that way I can literally see exactly how much I'm spending. Mm. And I think there was even one month where I didn't spend cash at all. Yeah, and with Monzo, you can actually take photos of all your receipts and just have them stored in your app. Okay. So that way you can literally go back and see what did I spend? Oh, I spent ten pounds in Tesco. Click on it. What What did I buy in Tesco? Um. So that's helped me keep an eye on the money that I'm spending, even though I've seen that I'm spending an obscene amount on food in Tesco Express, in Sainsbury's local. Okay. McDonald's. At least I know. <laughs> yeah. At least I know my my problem areas. But then also when I started bullet journaling, like what was this? This is like in 2018. Yeah. I had a money spread and in that money spread, I would literally physically handwrite any money that I'd spent. And the tediousness of that, it made you really, really take in the impact of how much money that you're spending. Right. <laughs> Having to literally write out Tesco, colon, bread, cookies, sweets, sugar, <laughs> butter. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just like as you're writing it out you're like literally writing it you're like was this necessary no no yeah it's like you have to come to terms with yourself as you're writing for me what has really helped me in terms of like money and everything is just learning how to budget i think that's been the biggest revelation which is that you don't have to spend all your money when you get it <laughs> You really don't. And I've been trying to convince my mum of the same concepts. Like, mommy, you know you can actually put aside £100. You can actually say, this is how much I want to spend on food. This is how much I'm going to spend on travel. This is how much my rent is. This is how much... You can actually do that and still have money left over. 
I'm going to add two things to that comment. When you're doing your budget, be realistic. 100%. Because if you say, oh, I'm only going to spend £60 on food, and then you don't do that, you're going to have to take the money from somewhere else. So you might as well do that from the very beginning and just be realistic so that you don't have to break your budget that often. Yes. They say that when you start out, you should basically just spend a month logging all of the things that you spend, tallying that up, and then start write a budget around that. And then slowly work towards minimising how much you spend in certain areas. Mm. But first of all, be a realistic and have your budget just reflect what it is to be comfortable. Yeah. And second of all, when it comes to parents and money, don't tell your parents how much you earn. Don't. Listen. Don't. Don't do it. Because for some reason, their brains does very quick maths. <laughs> their brain does maths and their salary becomes their salary plus your Plus salary. yours, yes. They now start to rely on you, which is not a bad thing. I don't mind helping my, my parents, but it's just they start to expect certain things that maybe you because you have your own goals as well your own financial goals it then becomes difficult when your mum just pops up randomly in the middle of the month oh can you can you give me 500 pounds it's like um i i nipped that i nipped that in the bud i said to my (laughs) mum, i budget every month so please work out how much that because there's a period of time when my mum wasn't working i said can you please work out how much you need from me so that each month I can put it into my budget so that it doesn't take me by surprise so that I know that I can give it to you on this exact date. Yeah. And I felt like that system worked a lot better for us because it communicated that I'm taking this seriously. I will support you, mm. but also please respect me because there would be times when it would just be like random request after random request. And there was one time even that my mum was like, oh, I'm not sure if I need anything. And I was just going about my, my life spending and I was just like, it's going to get to the point where you're going to ask me for money and I'm not going to have it. Yeah. So just make your requests or what you need clear and upfront and like actually discuss it. Because mm. I honestly preferred that system so much more. Like it was just in my budget for like yeah. a couple of months. It was in my budget. This is how much money I give to my mom each month. And then I just plan around that. Yeah. Rather than it taking you by surprise and you not being able to help or you feeling bitter or all of those things. Yeah, 100%. Because it's so easy for them to feel like, oh like my mom is generally say oh you're so stingy with your money and it's like mommy i'm not being stingy it's just if i give you money out of what i call my savings then i'm gonna have to come back and ask you for the money that i've just given you like my mom was like oh Leah, i'll pay you back i'll pay you back and i was like don't pay me back build up a savings account literally i, I don't need that money anymore just 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 save it. and now she's finally listened and she she's like okay just open the savings account for me like yeah because it doesn't make sense that you get paid and you just expect to f- spend all your money and then get more money and then you spend all of that. Th- that's not growing in any way, shape or form. Yeah, so budgeting has been the real tool of progress for me. And then also look after yourself. Yes. Because if I wasn't in a position where I had looked after myself, I would not have been able to help my mom. I would not have been able to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like this is the first time that my mum has really realised that because for so long she's been supporting her siblings and all sorts. And then now when she needed it, she was like, oh. Yeah, didn't think of me first. And I said, you see now, it's not selfish for you to have looked after yourself because when there are people that are relying on you, you need to look after yourself. Like with people who are going to contribute to the household to give money to their parents, only give what is comfortable for you to give. Mm. Because if they're relying on you and you get in trouble, then what? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people miss. They're like, oh, I really want to help my family. And that's fine. I help my family as much as I can. But I'm also very aware that when I fall down, then everybody else falls down. So I have to be the bad guy and say, actually, no, we can't keep going this way. 
let me have something that I can fall back on as a cushion. Therefore, you can rely on me and fall on my back as a cushion. And, you know, that cycle can keep going on. But there's no way I'm ever going to be financially stable enough to help my family if I'm not a little bit like, no, this is the way I need to do things. And it's for the betterment of the family in the future. They might not see the immediate benefit of it now because I'm not you know, splashing all my money around. But I know that in five years time, when I have a significant amount of money saved up and she can call me randomly like, oh, can I have, you know, a hundred pounds? It's like, oh yeah, sure. It's in your bank account. That's what I feel like they don't necessarily realise that you're saving for the big emergency because let's be honest, it's coming. Yeah. It's either a car crash where you need to buy a new car or you need to pay for insurance, premiums. Sometimes if you get in a car crash, even if it's a small thing, in order to get your car repaired, you need to pay £500 premium. You need to, like, if your phone drops, you, you still need to pay the small amount of money for the insurance company to do the rest. To do the rest, Whatever yeah. it could be. It could be that someone's bag is lost. Someone's like, I don't know, someone falls into a bit of debt. Some, like, there's going to be a problem. That's just the way that life is. There's going to be a problem. Someone's going to need a new tyre, a new laptop, a new phone. Someone might fall sick. Mm. You know, God forbid. And you're going to want to be in a position where you can help. Yeah. And that's my goal. My goal isn't the petty stuff that we're paying for now. My goal is the big stuff that we might have to pay for in the future. And it's just better to be safe, ready, secure, rather than having to run around like a headless chicken and, you know, like in those Nollywood movies <laughs> where they go to the rich, rich man and they're like, oh, please, sir, we just need 10,000 naira. Like, no, we don't need to do that. We can just save up for the big emergency. So, yes budgeting is fantastic like it's the best thing I ever did for myself and my finances and I've been preaching it to everybody else just because it's so simple and it's such an effective way to keep on top of your finances while still saving a little bit like even if you're just saving a tenner a month it's a tenner that you would have never saved and it's something that can go a long way but also listen to my big sis Jackie Ina. <laughs> He says that you need money to save money. So if you're not earning a significant amount of money, don't feel bad that you can't save. Absolutely. There are so many videos and stuff of people on YouTube who are like, oh, I cleared £100,000 worth of debt in two years. That's not going to be realistic for you if you're on a 30k salary. No. That is only realistic for people who are earning a, a big, big salary that are living... They're living your life in order to save. Literally, but they're earning big, big man money. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, don't compare yourself to those people. Evan, also, just because we have all of this advice and we have all of this knowledge does not mean that we execute it perfectly. Oh, no. <laughs> just before we were recording... I bought Papa John's vegan pizza on my credit card. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Two days ago, I bought jeans from Zara on the money. I don't have. I've literally just said it over and over again. I'm spending money I don't have. But, but. <laughs> the thing is that make sure that you're doing more positive actions than negative ones. 100%. That way it's like, even if you take three steps forwards and one step back, you're still in a forward direction. Yeah. And it's a good way to just keep yourself in check. You might not necessarily be able to like save £500 a month, but even if you're saving £100 or £150, you're still keeping yourself in check. You're still like, no, 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 no. I still need to do this or I still need to do that. And don't beat yourself up too much if you can't do all of those things. As long as you're doing some things to keep pedaling forward, it's much better than doing nothing. 
Absolutely. And there's so many tools and resources available. I think even yeah. Patricia Bright has released a whole YouTube channel where she discusses finance. That's so And how good. she was able to buy multiple properties. This is the thing. When it comes to houses, people have this idea of a dream house. And she said that her first house, I think, cost like £250,000. It was a small house. But she said that she started somewhere. And then they redid that house, did like um, refitted the kitchens or whatnot. Then they managed to sell that house in order to get to their next house and their next house and then to their house that cost £600,000. But people go in expecting to get to the £600,000 house. And it's like, no, you have to start where you are. Yeah. I think YouTube sort of casts that lie a little bit as well. Because I remember a couple of months ago when I was looking into buying houses and everything. First of all, it's a very long process. Like, do not go into it thinking it's just like renting a house where you find the house. No, it's a very long process and so many different moving parts to it as well. But then on top of that, I would go on YouTube and I'll see these people like, oh, I bought my first house at 23. No, they basically are on a 50K salary or they've had their parents help them. Yeah, it's always those two scenarios. They're earning a lot of money and they're living on the same wage that I'm earning or they've just had their family. And also maybe they've had their family help on top of earning a huge wage. So it just put life a little bit into perspective. Like, okay, these people are only able to afford this house that they have because of the finances that they have. And it might take you a little bit longer. And just because I'm not doing it at 23 doesn't mean it's less of an achievement. So yeah, that's something to keep in mind as well. And that's also something that I want to strive for in future is to be able to give my kids money to help them have some advantages. 100%, yeah. Because there have been friends I know who have been like, I am able to buy a house now because my grandmother did die and I have inherited it. (laughs) Like the idea of inheritance, of having something like a legacy or a helping hand to pass on. Yeah. Is something that I really, really want to work towards. No, 100%. I'm not um, envying those people at all. I wish I had parents who could finance me getting a house. I mean, they finance my education and I can't ask them for more, to be honest. So, yeah, but money, it's a great tool. We use it every single day. Just use it wisely. I need to be rich. There's no alternative. No. Have you ever envisioned a life where you didn't have money? No. No. Why? Why would you? What's the alternative? There is none. That's what I mean. (laughs) It's just money or money, <laughs> wealth or wealth. <laughs> I honestly, I just want to be comfortable. Yeah. I want to get to the position where I don't have to worry, where if I get out of work, then I can just not work for nine months. In the near future, I want to be in a position where I can be like, yeah, I'm moving country. And I want to be able to go and move country and be able to afford the flights, afford to move my stuff over, afford to get a flat, afford to get, like not buy it, but like afford to resettle myself, but on a bigger scale. Like I was able to do that from London to Cardiff, but I want to be able to do that from here to, I don't know, Berlin or here to Toronto or here to LA. That's the thing that I'm going for. To be able to just do that with some room to breathe. Yeah. There's still so much that we have to learn about money. Oh yeah. Bruh, so much. Honestly, we've just hit the little tip of that iceberg. Basically, it's like you can have all of the knowledge in the world, but everything that you do will be irrational. They have economics, economics, which is like, oh, supply and demand, da 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 da. All of these X, Y leads to Z or whatever. Mm. And then they have behavioral economics where they're like, these are all of the illogical things that humans do when they're spending money. They're spending money. <laughs> this is why bog off works, even though you should have just spent the small money on the one thing. You're like, oh, I've got a deal. I've got this extra. Th-. No, no, you've still spent more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were still spending money that you wouldn't have spent even if you didn't buy more. Yeah, there's another podcast, the Meaningful Money podcast, that they also have a book. Yeah, it's a little bit laborious to understand. But one thing I did take away from it was that 
anything to do with like investing, savings, making money, losing money. It's all down to luck and a little bit of logic. We because we you can't control anything. You you try to, and human behavior moves towards. I'm going to do this, 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 and that to make sure that I get this outcome. But sometimes it just doesn't work that way. So basically, it's not in our control. <laughs> yeah. Even with investments, they say invest money that you're willing to lose. Yeah. Oh, that's not a nice way to end this podcast. Say um, something nice, Leah. Something nice. I can't because <laughs> because World War Three could come. And oh no, we- no! 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 Okay, we end here. <laughs> See you guys next See week. See you guys next week. Um, follow us on Instagram at R2Pen. R2Pen. And on Twitter. Yes. I've been Leah. I've been Vivian. And this has been R2Pen. Bye. Bye. Bye.